Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Success Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man. Skip Shuey. Skip, before I let you jump in, I just want to tell everybody that, you know, I mentioned Skip on my podcast last week because Skip and I have become good friends um, and he's a wealth of knowledge. Skip, I would rather you tell everybody a little bit more about you than me have to tell everybody about you. So thanks for having me here, man. It's been we've been talking about this for a while, so it's cool. Uh, Yeah, my name is Skip Shuey. I'm a territory account manager with Gem Air Distributors. I'm based out of Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I also sit on the PHCC board for North Carolina. So I'm a board member there. And my background is wholesale distribution for HVAC and plumbing. And before that, prior to that, I was a building inspector for about 15 years. So I have the inspector, like when you go out and you install this stuff, I know what it's supposed to look like. I know uh, kind of the science behind it, if you will. So that kind of helps me out. Um, years ago when I was in, the, I was in the military, I was in the Navy Seabees and I went to school there. When I was going to school, I did, um, architectural engineering. So my background is actually the mechanics behind how HVAC works. I used to, that's what I like to do. I like to design, know how everything's supposed to function and make it function correctly. So that sounds that's kind like, of, yeah. it sounds like you're, this is, so I didn't. Even, I don't even know if I knew all that stuff. I'm sure you've told me all that, but that was a mouthful. Like, so that's really fascinating because you're you're in sales now, right? <laughs> what, yeah, it, was, it was crazy because like I always wanted to be on the engineering side, so I wanted to design the duct system and design the all that stuff, and, and I did it for years. And then I, I became an inspector as a construction inspector. I went out and made sure everything was installed correctly. So I did residential and commercial uh, buildings, uh, a lot of stuff like around campuses and and uh, stuff like that, which was cool. So I got to learn all that big stuff and the residential small stuff. And I got, you know, after doing inspections for so long, some of it gets a little crazy for me. And I wanted to get away from politics and stuff like that. So I went into sales and now I'm on this side. So instead of going out and telling people they have to fix things, now I try to help them fix it now and do it right up front. So it's pretty cool. I really like the sales part. I, I've always been an extrovert and I love people. And sometimes that's hard as a construction inspector. So this is way, way nicer. So. I bet it, I bet you know I bet you're not always the favorite person as the inspector. No, it's it's hard because you have to navigate a lot of gray areas, and, and I just I, I I was done with gray areas, so 
by going into wholesale distribution, I can help people and help them pick, you know, the right equipment, uh, kind of try to teach their guys how to do things the correct way or point them in the right direction, you know, give them the tools that they can make the right decisions. So that's a lot more fun for me. So for anybody that, that may be listening that does not know what exactly wholesale dis- distribution means, can you just break that down? What exactly that date means? Like, what do you do like day to day? Yeah, sure. So, so day to day, so wholesale distribution as a whole is that's where all the contractors buy their equipment. So they'll buy their plumbing stuff from the plumbing house, HVAC stuff from the HVAC house, that kind of thing. So my job day to day is I have accounts that I have in Eastern North Carolina I cover from, I have some accounts up near um, Greenville, a little south of Greenville, North Carolina. I go clear over almost to Raleigh, down into Fayetteville, and almost to Myrtle Beach. So that's kind of my 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 area. So my job is I, I just have to make sure the, the accounts that I have, the guys have their pricing, availability. I help them um, select different equipment for different jobs. I teach them about the products that we have, like the softwares that we have to help them, proposal software, dispatch software. Uh, how to offer, you know, try to give them the stuff to offer financing, stuff like that. So we kind of, a lot of account managers are just sales guys. I don't want to be just a sales guy. I don't, I don't want to just sell boxes. I want to teach people how to sell their boxes better. And then they come to me to buy their boxes, if that makes sense. So. It does. And, and I'm glad you, you said that because I was about to ask you, it doesn't sound like you do a lot of selling to be in sales. I, I, it's funny. That's, that's why I think that's why I think it, it's it, that's why I love it, man. Because I'm not here just to sell people stuff. I teach them like we have courses where we teach people like their technicians how to do things better, um, how to answer questions while they're in on the field, and they don't have to call another guy to come you know check out the job. So by me teaching these guys this, it just gives them more tools, and I become a trusted advisor where they they pick up the phone and call me first. I mean, it's a uh, it's pretty funny. I've actually heard that uh, some of my customers recently had called like Gem Air Corporate or, or you know, our, our tech support, stuff like that to try to get some answers. And they're like, you know what? Call Skip. He might actually know. And it's just funny because they're like, well, I called this number and he told me to call you. And it's just I, I, I'm a heat geek, man. I, I read about this stuff every day. I want to stay on top of it so that I can keep everybody that I help, you know, in, in all the knowledge and so they can be in the forefront of what they do. But it's not so you're smarter. It's not, I mean, it does obviously makes you smarter, but you do this because this is the right way to treat your customers. It is the right way to, it is smart to educate the people that are buying your products or your services. I don't care if you're selling door to door or if you're selling to companies. Point is, it's the same process. Like you can't cram your product or service down people's throat and expect them to buy it because people don't buy that way and they don't like buying that way. No, not at all. We, uh, you know, I tend to call some of the sales guys donut runners and, and all they do is take donuts in the front door, hand them to the secretary with a card and walk back out. I mean, that's effective sometimes. And that used to be effective for years, but the HVAC industry and even the plumbing industry as a whole has really gotten modern. And there's a lot of like, you know, new, new technology and stuff like that. You can't, you can't sell like that anymore. You have to understand the new, ne- new technology. Um, even the, the way that companies are run, they used to be run by the guy and his sons helped them. And then they hired a couple other guys and now it's not, now it's a, maybe an investor in California owns the company in North Carolina and they just have guys running it that they don't really know or see day to day. So if you can help them have more tools to do more stuff, hands off, it just happens like it's supposed to, you're going to sell a lot of stuff to him. He's really going to rely on you. So 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. From your standpoint, from the distributor standpoint, what's happened? Like what's what's happened over the last couple of years, and then we're going to talk about what's coming in the future. Uh, yeah, so uh, obviously COVID affected everyone, and that was a main. Uh, it was a really a, a big thing with the HVAC industry because when COVID first hit, everybody shut down. You know, everybody was kind of scared and didn't know how to how to interact with it or what they had to do. So. I was in central Pennsylvania at the time and our governor there deemed us as essential workers because of what we did, you know? So we, we took care and made sure that they had heating, cooling and uh, indoor air quality was huge. So during COVID indoor air quality became a big thing. So people were just like the medical industry. We didn't completely understand it. So we started kind of throwing things at it, you know? So so we did some different filtration methods, uh, UV lights, all this kind of stuff. And we kind of did it, um, we all thought we were doing the right thing and we probably were, but we didn't know for sure because there was really no way to measure it. Right. So we were just trying to, at that point, we were trying to just like everybody else save lives. So we went through that, which was uh, difficult. Um, When you have COVID problems and everybody was getting COVID plants shut down. Right. So the industry that makes our stuff shut down periodically or whatever, and that led to a lot of supply chain issues, which we still see today. So it's hard to get material. It's hard to, uh, you know, if you go out and somebody doesn't have air conditioner and it's like a, a you know, a mini split that's two years old, it was hard to get some of those parts. And it was a hard conversation to have with customers. So it was it was a, it was very hard on the HVAC guys. It really was. So watching them battle through that was it's pretty cool to see. But it's been it's been rough. So if you take all that stuff and, uh, you know, today there's still supply chain issues. It, it's been hard to navigate. You have to uh, keep the staff on board like you need to. Um, keep people healthy. So we had, you know, they had to split stuff up. So it's been a crazy two years, but you know, and so I, and I, I wondered, you know, and I'm glad you said that about HVAC because I was, you know, I was working, I actually had to take, I don't even know why I didn't think about this when I asked you that question, but the plumbing company that one of the companies that I was working with at the time, I had to step in because their, the sales, their, their sales manager, got got covid and and this was in like this was in the time where you know people were you know it, it was it was in the height of it and so i had to run there run the whole sales team i had to run the everything well i had already been working with them but yeah i ran there i ran their sales team for almost two months not because he was out for two months just because i had a groove and it worked you know whenever he, we, he got back in and got everything straightened out he took back over it affected plumbing companies the most yeah, plumbing did as well. It was mostly because, you know, water heaters and whatnot are made at a plant. The people would get sick at the plant. They'd have to shut the plant down. So they were using uh, temporary workers, you know, to come in behind. And, of course, the temporary workers weren't there all the time. So it, it just led to increase in time of production. So you take that and that. And then you had the time I remember you remember the, the trucking. We couldn't get truckers to deliver stuff. It just created a huge snowball effect. OK, so it was one thing to another to another. It was difficult. Yeah, it was like, uh, like I said, man, being an HVAC owner, manager the last couple of years was, there's a lot of gray hair now, I'm sure. And uh, like to, to your point, helping out when these, uh, in, you, know, when, you know, when these companies and where I was at in central PA, they started leading on us harder as well. Like I was doing more help with duct design and, and you know, and stuff like that, sizing equipment, everything like that, because they, they would lose guys that did that. You know, they'd have to stay home for two weeks or whatever it was then. So that, for me to to have my sales and meet my sales goals, I had to change exactly what all I did to make those goals happen. So 
I had to become more flexible and do a little bit of more more hours and more design work to help out. So it was it was it was nuts. And then uh, the indoor air quality thing, like I said, that was it was hard. There was no real good way to monitor the air to begin with to figure out what was and what wasn't working. So you had people that really wanted to help. So we looked at UL listings of the different UV lights and EPA certified products for because we did a lot of uh, nursing homes and stuff like that. We didn't so, want to be wrong. So when you say UV lights, does that mean you're going and you're you're installing these lights, or tell tell us about how what that what do you mean by that exactly? Like in, in a nursing home, for example. Yeah, yeah. So like in a nursing home, they have um, you'll have you know, several different heating systems, okay, or cooling systems, whatever. So we were in there and we would uh, help the contractor size UV lights to go in the system. And we were relying on the manufacturers of the UV lights to tell us what they did well. You see what I mean? So we did that for a long time. That's what we had to do for COVID and everything else just to shift. But, you know, now there's products, you know, how things get better. You know, we learned a lot during COVID medically and, and just like that with the HVAC stuff. So we learned about better filtration. We learned about um, air, air exchanges, you know, like in a school, Air exchanges are huge. You have to have that air coming in and air going out to, to get that air correct. So a lot of that stuff happened. I mean, there's some really cool stuff on the market now because of all this. Like uh, there's a company called Haven, IAQ. They actually have monitors you can buy for in your house. It's so cool. So like you can put it in your house. You can check on their app and you can see what's actively going in your house and how to how to, how to to take care of it. That is, cool. that is cool. But I have a, I, I'm dying to ask you this quick question. It, it's yeah. going to be a sales question. You said okay. IAQ, right? Yes. Let me ask you a question, Skip. Yeah. Do you think how many how many of your guys say that to customers? You think this episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue. House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. IAQ, probably a lot. Yeah, they don't understand, hey, you got to say indoor air quality. That's right, that's right. But because customers have no idea what those three letters mean. Right. Nobody knew what that meant until two years ago. But the average person probably has absolutely no idea. My point in saying that is that little small uh, change in just saying, like, you know, indoor air quality opposed to IQ. It clearly articulates exactly what you're talking. I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about the guys that are talking to customers about this. Right. You're talking to people that know what this means, but your customers. Right. You're taking the technicians out there. They're, they're talking to people that don't know what this means. Right. That, that's where, yeah, exactly. So that's why you and I have these conversations that like, I need, I need help on that front. So I'm the guy that sells boxes to the contractor, right? So I need sales coaches like yourself, stuff like that, talking to the contractors, teaching them how to get their guys to sell to the homeowner. And that's the disconnect. Like I can, I can sell boxes and teach these guys how, how to deal with it, who do HVAC every day. They understand the terms and all that. But trying to figure out how to teach the technician that's out there trying to fix something or their sales guys how to sell to them, that's that's going to be huge going forward. Because IAQ, for example, all the UV lights we put in, 
a lot of these companies were selling them like crazy. They were buying them by the pallet, right? So they have companies out there that put 400 UV lights in in 2020. And these right. things have a two-year bulb, okay? And then mm-hmm. you ask them, hey, do you guys have service contracts? And they're like, no, we haven't really gotten into that yet. So now you have potentially 450 UV lights in the field not doing anything. So, I mean, we, you know, I can't do that. That's not my wheelhouse. But somebody has to be teaching these guys how to take that information and, and contact those customers if you can and, and try to get that sales. This, sales is a continuous thing, right? It doesn't stop with one sale. So, yeah, but let's shift that word just quickly. Uh, and let's just let's look at it from the standpoint of, hey, if that thing's out because it's two years old, I think you owe it. I think it's your job as the business owner to send your technician out there to make sure your customer's breathing clean air. If you installed it, you should have some kind of follow up process to make sure it's still working. Yeah, I mean, we would hope so, but it doesn't always happen that way. I mean, and, and it's, you know, again, it's like some of these guys were putting uh, products in and they didn't even realize it was a two year bulb. So it's not really their fault. It's just, you know, they just, this stuff was really new to a lot of people two years ago. So looking back now, I just know as a wholesale distributor, I know how many UV lights we sold. I know how many replacement bulbs we have on the shelf. And I know how many have still been on the shelf for six months. You see what I mean? So I, I know that that's not all happening like it should, but I think that has to come with education from, you know, somebody that can teach people how to do service contracts correctly and how to sell those to customers because it's not a hard sale if you do it right. And the truth of the matter is, Skip, there's a couple of things about service agreements. One, it gives you an opportunity to see your customer twice a year. Two, it also gives you um, a steady stream of income every single month. But three, please understand this, you're probably not going to make money on the service agreements if you're not converting the customer to a different, not, I'm not saying go out there and sell them something they don't want or need. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you're going out to service their, their air conditioner. You, it's not, I'm not saying you need to go out there and find something wrong, but it is your job to make sure nothing's wrong. And it's your job to tell them if there is something wrong. And lots of times we just don't know as the homeowner, you just don't know when things, you don't know that this, that, that unit needs to be cleaned out. It's super important to educate the customer, to educate your customer on these things. And people appreciate you explaining these things to them. I know I do as a homeowner. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to be out there twice a year and it's not, it's not bad for the homeowner at all. I'll even take it a step for, further. Um, there's a lot of homeowners that watch HDTV and stuff at night and they'll see uh, different maybe a different product they're interested in, such as a, a dehumidifier or a humidifier or a different kind of UV light, or there's, there's a, there are ionization ones now that don't require a light, you know, so there's nothing never changed. So there's those and they're well advertised on TV and a lot of homeowners wouldn't know where even to go to get that. So if you have a, a HVAC guy in your house twice a year and he just drops a pamphlet off about something there, it might jolt something. So it's not, you're not actively trying to sell something. You're just leaving a piece of equipment, you know, a flyer for them to read. And they might have, they might have seen it on TV and, and wondered about it. So, I mean, it can easily turn into a sale. And you're not, it's not, it's not, what's it called? Uh, when you're trying to sell hard, it's nothing like that. It's, it's, it's not. Yeah, you're not trying to close these people. You're just trying to, listen, Skip, I mean, I can't buy something from you if you don't tell me what you're selling. Right. So if you're a contractor and you're listening to this and your your guys are going out and they're not explaining maybe the small things or you might think it's a small thing, 
But those small things add up big time in service agreements. Listen, here's the, the other benefit to the service agreement. Now, I'm not talking, obviously, talking to the homeowner at this point. I'm talking to the business owner. I'm, of course, I would assume most business owners at this point have a, a well-branded uh, Comfort Monster. Let's get let's just use them for an example. John's a buddy of mine. You know who Comfort Monster is. Their brand, Dan Antonelli, did their trucks. They're awesome. What do you think happens when Comfort Monster comes out twice a year with that big green and purple truck with a monster on the side of it to your house? All your neighbors see that. So this is a marketing. This is not just this is all, this is taking care of the customer first. But secondly, this is for you to make more money, not just off that customer necessarily, but because your van is parked in the driveway for a half an hour. Those are the small things that people don't think about, especially when it comes to branding. I don't have the money to wrap my truck. That's ridiculous. It's a rolling billboard. It's crazy that you don't do that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you put a magnet on the side of it, but I suggest that you contact Dan Antonelli because he's a legend in this space. He knows what he's doing. I got off on a tangent, Skip. Sorry. No, you're good. No, that's great. That's what you and I do. We can talk and just go. But no, you're, you're a great point. So a point to that, too, is I was talking to a guy that does branding the other day, and he was he gets so upset when he sees new trucks running down the street, and they're all wrapped with the, the snowflake and the red flames and stuff. You know, he's like, it's every HVAC. Somebody's got to be different. You know, somebody nobody remembers them. Uh, a homeowner doesn't know who was next door because it all looks the same. Skip, here's a news flash. Women make majority of the decisions, especially if it's a big purchase. If the wife or the mother or whoever, the woman in the relationship doesn't like you because you drive a ridiculous looking truck, you're not gonna, they're not gonna do business with you. So just remember that. That's funny. Yep. No, that's good, man. So I I think that I think with like all the knowledge we have in indoor air quality and everything we've done, I think the sales guys are starting to pick it up more. Um, but they just need to follow up with what they did in the last two years and, and now we're starting into a recession a little bit, right? So everything's starting to slow down a little bit. It's again, it's harder to get equipment because of all the changes coming up in the next thing. So now they got to figure out a way to kind of, they've been crazy busy, record numbers for two years, right? Now you got to kind of pull back and reboot a little bit because you're starting to see a little, you know, economy starting to drop a little bit. People are starting to get worried. But if they go back and access some of these, you know, accounts that don't have service contracts, they won't have to worry about anything. So that'd be a great time to do it, you know. So I agree, and that that kind of leads us uh, I, I, to my next question for you. And this is probably, you know, we've talked about all the stuff that's been going on. We've talked about some things that people could do to improve their business, and some things that they can do to implement service contracts. I understand all that process, and it makes completely makes sense. And if people are not utilizing that, they should. What's coming January 1st? I'm super excited for you to kind of dive into this. And I know you may not have all the, all the information, but I think you've got a wealth of information. People need. Yes, yeah, so there's a, that's great. So there's a lot of stuff coming forward. Like if I was an HVAC guy, like I'm an HVAC sales guy on the wholesale side, but if I was a company guy, I'd be excited. I would, even though the economy is looking a little rough, I mean, there's so much coming up. Like next year, 2023, Department of Energy changed all the standards when it comes to rating HVAC. Not only just the SEER ratings changing for different areas, the way the equipment is being tested in the factory to achieve that those levels is also changing. So 
they're taking equipment and testing it under different conditions, more, more like the conditions in the field. So instead of just having pieces of equipment blow air in a room and measuring it, they're actually hooking it up to some ductwork at the, at the labs to figure out how it's actually going to you know work in the field. So that's all changing. So that means every company has had to change all their SEER ratings and their equipment across the board. Um, being that it's every company, everybody going forward, pretty much everything is going to be more efficient already. So we're talking seven to ten percent, even the minimum stuff will be more efficient than what it is now. And that's good for everybody, right? That's good for the homeowner for you know their bills every month, all that. Um, so that's the SEER ratings coming up next year. Is saying, and then two years from then. 2025 is a refrigerant change in the industry. So uh, back in the day, we used to use R22. Then it was R410A. Now they're starting to phase 410A out in the residential equipment and some of the light duty commercial stuff. But that is going to be, um, I think Dykin and Goodman is going to be R32. And then everybody else, I think most, most everybody else is going to be R454B. So it's a different refrigerant. It's better for the environment, all that good stuff. But that's coming in two more years. So there's a lot of stuff where these contractors have to learn. So this is a great time for them to send their guys to the training for the new equipment coming, all that kind of stuff. Try to, like I said, kind of pull back and, you know, look at the landscape and figure out where they want to be in another five years, taking all this stuff into consideration. And then um, two, two, three weeks ago, um, the, uh, the government just passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is also going to play into all this. So, the Inflation Reduction Act is trying to phase out, you know, fossil fuels and have more electricity. So there's going to be major tax incentives, major rebates for uh, changing to a heat pump or putting a heat pump water heater in or all kinds of stuff like that, even upgrading your panel at home. Um, so you take all that stuff coming in the next two years. And if you can dial, you know, dial your marketing in for that, I mean, you're going to be just killing it in a couple of years. So I'm just curious how many guys uh, that you've, and I'm not, uh, how many people, how many owners that you know are planning for this via the marketing strategy? What I'm asking is like, this is really, it's important to get ahead of your marketing right now if you want to pick back up in time. So it's a good, like you said, it's a good time to train. It's a good time to hone in on this stuff. But let me take you back really quick. In layman's terms, what does the first part of all that mean? If somebody's listening to this and they have no idea what a seer change means, explain that for people. Yeah, no problem. So to go back a little bit, um, so if I'm a contractor or even a homeowner, so seer rating is how well the equipment cools, how efficient it is, how much electricity it costs to use that piece of equipment. So prior to now, like I'll just take the southeast because that's where we're located today. Southeast was a, a minimum for air conditioners, 14 SEER, you know, for the AC, and heat pumps were 14 SEER. So they actually moved those standards a little bit. And uh, as of December 31st of this year, you won't be able to use an air conditioner that doesn't meet those standards. So we're trying to use what we have now and sell through it and get it installed so that the new stuff is ready to use. So that's what makes it tricky. So from a contractor standpoint or, you know, or a distributor standpoint, we have, you know, three months basically to get the stuff used that we have to use, or it's quote unquote illegal for us to install it after December 31st. So we're trying to rush that through and then also retool all the new equipment behind it. So these contractors are going to have to hustle at the end of the year, 
and provide training to their guys so that when January 1st gets here and they have a new box that looks bigger, different, smaller, whatever, they know what to do from there. So it's it's going to be tricky. Uh, but then again, it's exciting for me because I'm a heat geek, man. I'm into it. So, so let's pretend that no, that that there's a, a contractor out there. He doesn't get this information, right? For whatever reason, his head is in sand. He's slam busy. He yeah. has time to do nothing other than pee. So and so he knows nothing about this. And January first hits. Just walk me through what what is his day going to be like when he figures out that these things have changed, or or will it get to that? I don't. I would hope it wouldn't get to that. I mean, with the new sear changes and all the new equipment, there's going to be increases, sizable price increases. We already know. Um, we're hearing anywhere from twelve percent to twenty five percent, depending on what it is, and that's a lot of money. So, again, these. I mean, we need people out there talking about it. I, I only have, you know, 40 accounts. There's 200 contractors in Eastern North Carolina. So I need other salespeople out there like yourself going out and saying, hey, guys, what do you guys want to get ready for 2023? And then talk them through some of this. Because, again, I'm, I'm at the wholesale distributor level. I don't talk to people in a large volume like that. So hopefully well, somebody starts talking to people. That's for sure. I agree with you. And I, I think we could definitely put some places, some things in place. Now, let me ask you. I do want you to clarify something for me, and I'm not asking you to go too, too deep into it, but there's 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 in, there's rebates and then there's tax incentives. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah. So with the new Inflation Reduction Act, right? So a couple things are really cool about it. Um, it's going to be awesome rebates and tax incentives for HVAC, plumbing and electrical going forward January 1st. You know, on really good stuff. But again, the contractors have to read it now, right? So they need somebody teaching them this stuff and like how to retool their marketing because this stuff is all, all the rebates are, are distributed by the states, okay? Not the federal government. And by the states, the way it determines what rebate you're eligible for is the median income level, okay? So okay. if you are between 80% and 150% of your median income level, you'll get an automatic 50% rebate off some of this work. That's a huge amount of money, right? Dude, just for everybody listening, what just the ballpark what that could be mean to someone? Hold on, it's up up to fourteen thousand dollars, man. So you can have a twenty eight thousand dollar HVAC. Say you go to an HVAC guy that does plumbing too, and you're like, hey man, I want a sixteen sear two stage heat pump. I want the best air handler you can. Throw a UV light on there and I, give me a heat pump water heater beside it because I'm sick of that old electric one. You know what I mean? It's a twenty eight thousand dollar job. They're going to get fourteen thousand dollar rebate automatically. This is like, we really got to hone in on this. This is like, I mean, this is insane that we're having a conversation about this much money that are, that's going to be left on the table for these guys. And they don't know that is all that is. I mean, if you think about that, Skip, that's like me going to a homeowner today. If I'm a service tech and saying it's, it's a $28,000 bill, but if you wait till January 1st, I'm going to cut that in half. Yeah, essentially, that's what you have to do. I mean, they, that's why I'm saying it's, it's important that these guys link up with somebody that can teach them this stuff, right? Now, teach them how to to do direct marketing to those spots that are 80 to 50, 150%. Yeah. Teach them how to figure out that, like, maybe this year they're doing, like, say if they go out and they do a proposal and their good, better, best is a 14 seer, 16, 17th seer, something like that. Move the needle one spot, right? So starting next year, do like a 15, 17, 20 or something like that where they can get the homeowner more money. So essentially, at the end of the day, the homeowner is going to have a better system for less money because they're meeting these, you know, these 
requirements, and it's going to cost them less money every month to operate because it's that much more efficient. So, I mean, it's a it's it's a really fun again a really fun time if you're an HVAC guy and you're going to actually sit down, read this stuff, team up with somebody that knows what how to how to attack some of this and, and get get a plan in order. Now it'll be fun. If the guys don't get ahead of it before the first of the year, they are going to be behind. And the guys that are going to pull far ahead in in January are going to be the guys that are doing this stuff now. Get on something really important there, that the median market, the median income. If you understand what that means, that's just an average of the, the, the average income of the area that you're in. And if you qualify or if you understand what, if you understand from a business owner standpoint, how important it is to know that and to know where those people are so you can market to those people because that is going to be your easiest customer. That is going to be a, a no-brainer. It's a it's the best deal for everybody for you to, to target that person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to take it another step further too, there's more, there's more within that bill. And I'm hoping sometime down the road, you and I can get back together with your audience and delve into it more. We're starting. We're still trying to get all the details, but here's another really great, uh, great thing. So, if the median income, say the homeowner is under the eighty percent, okay, those jobs are one hundred percent funded. And some of the stuff that's in that bill, we're hang on, for, yeah. Well, hang on. You said one hundred percent funded. I need you to break that down. Like, so in other words, if the median income is a hundred thousand dollars per se, yep. and I make sixty thousand dollars, yes. You're eligible, you're eligible for a lot of that stuff will be 100% rebate. Yes. So again, if you're a contractor now, one of the, one of the hiccups to that has always been, so especially here, other than Wilmington, Jacksonville and Raleigh, right? A lot of Eastern North Carolina is very rural. Okay. Yeah. These are smaller homes that maybe have a, an older gas furnace or something like that. And it, the electrical isn't great. Right. Yeah. So you can't just throw a heat pump in there. You don't have the electric to do it. Part of that act also covers the electrical panel. So now if you have electrical under your belt too with your HVAC or you partner with an electrician, you can come in, put a new panel in, give Mrs. Jones a new panel, put an upgraded you know, HVAC system in and a new water heater, package it all together. And as long as you meet all the, all the, the details you need to meet, I and mean, that's 100% rebate. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for people out there. Well, Skip, I, I this sounds like a crazy question. I'm going to ask it because I, I already know the answer, but I don't understand why if I if I'm a contractor and I just do plumbing or maybe I do HVAC and plumbing, why would you not have in your back pocket your number one electrician, your number one roofer, your number one window guy, your number one lawn guy? Because guess what, you're in somebody's house. They need all of those things, and if you can be the guy that can provide them. I'm not saying you need to sell our services. You need to have referral partners is what I'm saying. One, it builds a lot more credibility for the person getting referred. And, and two, you're building a network of people to where you, Skip, can be the, the, the only guy that I call. Skip, I need this. And I know that you've got a guy for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. It gives the customer the ability to know that they got to call one person to get those things. Now, how often do you think they actually use that? They don't really use that, but they really love to know that it's an option. Yeah. There's uh, you know, years ago I used to belong to a local BNI group, right? Mm-hmm. So BNI is a networking group. And historically it was always, uh, I was a building inspector. So there was a lot of home inspectors. There was a lot of realtors, that kind of thing. 
I almost wish there was like a BNI for HVAC guys, you know what I mean? Or like, so you would have the HVAC guy, the plumber, the electrician, the, the roofer, all at the same event or at the same table where you guys can exchange ideas and stuff like that. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Well, Skip, I can't really get into it right now, but I will tell you right now that there is a, I, there is something brewing about that exact thing. That's awesome. That's, yeah, we need it in the industry, man, because it'll it'll help. It'll be like a brotherhood. So that'd be that'd be very important. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, all right. So, I'm glad that you clarified. You know the the incentives because, gosh, man, that is like, you know, as a sales guy through and through. That just sounds like to me that you just opened your, well, let me ask you this. How long do those rebates, how long does that 50% off, how long does that last? So that, it looks like from what I'm reading, it's about 10 years, but there is a pot of money, right? So you need to take advantage of the pot of money. So the guys that can get their marketing done Q4 this year and Q1 next year and start coming up with a, a, a plan of attack, they're going to be further ahead than anybody. There's a a couple other things in the bill that I'm not completely sure about how it's going to be delved out, but there's going to be money for training the contractors in there. So like your guys that need really good training from let's say remanufacturing or Goodman or whoever, and you've been hesitant to send them to Texas for a week to get that training. There's going to be money in there for that. So you got to take advantage of the training now too. And uh, the tax credits are huge. They're, they're going to be um, reinstated from last December. So any anything, anybody you've done work for this year, that might want to utilize the tax credit, you could get a hold of this year and say, hey, this new Inflation Reduction Act brought these tax credits back into play. Here's a letter from us saying what we did and, and use it as you want to. So, I mean, you can really be the hero right now going into 2023. Big time. Man, this, cool. is such, this is such great news for the industry, dude. It's, so, it's really it's, – it's going to be great for a lot of people, but then there's going to be some that are going to be left behind, and I hate that, but hopefully – we're going to get this information out to them uh, at a more rapid pace at this point. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I touch 40, 40 contractors here. I can get the information out to them. Um, we're going to start having more counter days and, and local trains and stuff like that. And I'll just, you know, touch on it with people. And then if they want to reach out to me, they can, which is great. I can help them out. But like, like I said, you're, you're out there with everybody, a lot more people than I, and you can touch a lot more people. So we need people like you helping these guys out because, uh, Again, these these pots of money are here. Um, it'd be great to use it. I mean, a lot of the indoor air quality money that was there from the federal government for schools and commercial buildings hasn't been touched. It's still sitting there from you know 2020. So I think it's just contractors. Yeah, there's a lot, and contractors just don't know how to use it. They just don't know how to use it. So if we can try to provide that information to them, they're going to get more jobs, right? which is going to be great for everybody, great for the sales coaches, helping them how to do it. Great for the company. They're going to stay busy while this recession hits or whatever is going to happen there. And ultimately great for me as the distributor, because I'm going to sell more boxes, which is what my boss wants me to do. Right. Yep. So it'll be good for everybody. So Sweet. This has been great. So I think next time we should get into um, how they can access some of this money and how much money is accessible and, and maybe some ways, maybe you can give us some ways that they can access it a simple way. Um, I, and I don't know, maybe it, it is simple or maybe it's hard. I don't know why people are not accessing it. Maybe, I guess they don't know about it, I guess. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into it more next time. We, uh, I'm still trying to get all the information. Like it's a 700 page bill. So I took three days pulling it apart and trying to put a slideshow together for some of my guys. 
just to get them in that thought process, just to start thinking about it. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's like spring football for the NFL, right? We're just getting into motion so that when we, when the season hits, we're ready to go. So that's what I'm trying to do with my guys right now. So. Well, Skip, if somebody wants to reach out to you, if one of the one of the contractors that are listening to this, maybe they do, maybe they don't know if they do business with you or not. But if they don't, or even if they do, can you just tell everybody where they can find you? If you want to give them your number, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Um, yeah, so think- um, yeah. So my my email, my personal email is my name Russell R U S S E L L Shuey S H U E Y at gmail.com. And my phone number is 910-599-7636. I'm always glad to talk, man. And I, and look, y'all probably heard, obviously, the, the episode before this where I was talking really highly about Skip. Skip's a great, great guy and a great resource. And I, I can't think of a, a time that I've called Skip that I haven't that I didn't get a hold of him or he didn't call me immediately back. So utilize this guy because he's happy to help you. Absolutely. He can't help you if he doesn't know you. That's right. I love it, man. Thank you very much for having me. You got it, brother. Thank you. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.